Like so many others, who you are is largely a result of your past. We have so many positive and not so positive experiences that we start to doubt ourselves and our place in this world. Let the healing process start now. Welcome to Shift Happens with Karin Weary and co-host Ida Serena Lee. When you start to focus on healing from the inside out, you'll learn so much more about your own health, your well-being, and your state of mind. Once you've started on that, the rest gets a little bit easier every day. Now, here is your host, Karin Weary and Ida Serena Lee. Hello and welcome to Shift Happens. I am Karen Weary, your host. And when I'm not here on Shift Happens, I work with people and I help people release trauma that's happened to them in their lives. And you'd be surprised what kinds of things can leave a lasting imprint on you and color the rest of your life. And it's something that when it's when you know how to work with these things, you can help to update the brain on things that have happened so that we don't have to continue to relive the worst part of it every time we get triggered. And because of the work that I do, this is why my guest today, I am super excited because I'm so passionate about the work that she does is just so important, so pertinent, because it's just an absolute complete horror and tragedy what is happening to our kids in this world. And it's something that, you know, she is a part, big part of helping to prevent and turn these young people's lives around. Because as the introduction to this show, Shift Happens, we do make shift happen in the world, and it starts with ourselves. And when we do the healing from our wounds, we are not damaged goods anymore. This is one of the things that many people go around their lives believing that they're damaged goods. We do not have to stay that way. No matter what has happened, we do not have to let the past define us now and the future. So let me introduce our guest. I am so honored to have you, Andy Berger, J.D., is the co-founder of Voices Against Trafficking, which brings together national and international partners dedicated to eradicating the business of profiting in human lives. It's, you guys, there is still slavery going on. This is modern day slavery. Andy is also co-founder of Beulah's Place in Redmond, Oregon, a shelter for homeless teens, whose mission is to provide victims and at-risk kids help healing, and most of all, hope in a non-judgmental environment. Andy herself is a survivor of many years of child abuse, and she is a lifelong advocate for human rights. Andy is also the author of A Fragile Thread of Hope, One Survivor's Quest to Rescue. She is a sought-after international speaker and frequent guest on radio and television programs regarding the issue of human trafficking. So, Thank you. Thank you so much, Andy, for the work that you do and for coming on here to share your knowledge and wisdom with us here. Well, thank you, Karen. It's an honor to be here. It really is. Yes. So so tell me a little bit. You know, here's the thing is that, 
you know, when you say, when we talk about here that you provide hope in a non-judgmental environment, one of the things that I think there's so much misunderstood, um, you know, beliefs about what is going on that, you know, that kids, they just behave a certain way and people are homeless for whatever reason. There's always trauma behind that, right? Would you say that? I would say that is true. I mean, maybe there's 10% of the population that choose to be rebellious and, you know, go their own way and, and whatnot. But really, the majority, when everyone I have worked with, all the kids we rescue, they have chosen the streets because it's safer than what they came from. And they're, they're suffering huge trauma, but they have no one safe, no one there to help them uh, work through it, you know. And so they're going to do the best they can and they run because they're hoping maybe somebody will care that they will get some help. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's got to be really bad if you're running as a child and you have no ability to go out and make your own money. You don't have anything to your name and you are leaving a home where you're given, well, supposed to be given food and shelter and clothing and such, not um, that you're leaving that because it's too scary. Yes, exactly. When you're trapped in a situation uh, where you can't get out and there are people that you would think that your mom or your dad or whoever would love you, right? You're a child. You are not a child seeking to be, you know, hurt, abused, abandoned, trafficked, neglected, none of that. You're, you're five, you're six, or however old you are, and you just want to be part of something, even if it's abusive. A lot of kids have trouble really leaving because that's all they know. But then when it gets so bad, uh, they have to leave. Otherwise, they're going to die no matter what. So they're going to take their chances. Yeah, yeah. So, Andy, what does uh, trafficking, because we hear this a lot, but I don't know how much people really know what that means, that human trafficking. What does that mean? Because a lot of people, I think, also think that it's just something that happens over in Asia, you know. Right. Right. No, it's not what you see in the movies, although that does, you know, uh, happen. But in our everyday world, in every community, Karn, we have human trafficking, whether it's for labor, but usually it's mostly for sexual, uh, sexual, uh, sexual issues. And so when we think of human trafficking, think of taking a child that's not yours and then selling that child over and over and over again to assorted johns 20, 25 times a day. Um, the average sex trafficking victim is raped over 6,000 times in their lifetime, and their life expectancy is only about seven years on average. And so when you think about what, what that means, I mean, if you think of a normal uh, partnership where there's intimacy and love connected, but then you destroy all of that, okay? In my case, I was trafficked by family members, so it was familial trafficking. And that has been going on for dec uh, generations, hundreds of years, actually. Um, I know a lot of victims that came from multi-generational trafficking situations. For me, in the 60s and 70s, there wasn't a place to go to. Uh, when I tried to run, it was worse when I went back. But when you consider that my birth mother was the primary sexual predator, you know, then my birth father, my brother, assorted extended family members from six months old to 17 years old is what, how long I was trafficked. And nobody, nobody really understood enough because we barely talked about child abuse in those days, let alone an organized ring of child abuse. So 
we know in the U.S. for sure from the U.S. Marshals uh, director that every 40 seconds in America, a child is abducted and child is 18 years or under. But we have this cultural belief that, oh, if you're 14, 15, you can handle it. You can, you can go on the streets. You can be on your own. But that's not true. There's still children inside. They're very hurt children in growing bodies. And especially if they have come from families where they haven't really been paid attention to and loved on and cared for, you know, that it's a whole different story. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And so, you know, in my case, I was five the first time I tried to take my life because the physical, mental, emotional abuse, the sexual touching and, and, and inappropriate things that happened, you know, the piano teacher's husband, you know, wherever I was taken, uh, it just, uh, it was so bad. And my birth mother basically said, I can kill you anytime I want to. And she had tried. So I thought, I'll just take my own life and then I'll be done, right? I'll be at peace. I'll be calm. I won't ever have to go back into that house or see those people again. But, you know, in my life on that day, God interceded. For other people, it could be something else. But I knew that there was no car that came down that street that day. And when I looked into that huge blue sky, I thought, you know, there's got to be something greater out there, somebody bigger. Maybe who made this? You know, how far does it go? My little mind was just going. And I thought maybe there was a chance. Maybe I had a purpose. Maybe um, I could do something. And so, you know, I just went back up the, the driveway and stood against my garage door and just spoke to no one in particular and said, whatever you call me to do, I'll do if you keep me alive. And um, so I had a couple of other suicide attempts. And uh, by the time I was 16, I figured out that I either had to live and win or just end it and stop the pain. And so thankfully, I think, you know, it was a good decision to live to win. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm decades later and we're still working. <laughs> And not only that, I went over here on your on your website, beulahsplace.org, and saw that there was this beautiful, let me go to the home, uh, you got an award for 2020, right? Let's see. Yes, one of the top 2020 nonprofits, you know, so we were really excited about that. That's right. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. So congratulations. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. And you know, the heroes really are the kids because here's what happens, Karin. When we take in a team, whether they hear me on an interview such as this or they I've spoken at schools or the, the schools recommended or counseling centers or other organizations that we work with, you know, they're just they're on their last their last thread of hope, really. They're just hoping maybe this last chance will be the one that helps them. So when I talk to them, you know, I, I find out what are you doing on the street? How did you get here? You know, what has happened? And then we work from there to create a plan for them. And the two basic things we do is make sure they stay in school and finish high school while they're with us and also um, get a job right away because structure is good for teenagers. You know, a lot of parents don't think that, but it really is. They need to have that structure of, I have to be somewhere. I have to own my day. And we teach them a lot about um, if you can get up and show up, you have half of life's battles won that day. 
Yeah, no kidding. Just <laughs> plain, simple truth. <laughs> it's, yeah. Well, and that's, that's the thing is I like, you know, just keeping it simple because we can, human beings are really great at complicating the crap out of stuff. And then on top of it when something's fearful like oh don't talk about the elephant in the room we don't know what happened to you know sue down the street you know she just disappeared she's a rebellious teenager or whatever and that's not really the case um a lot of times these kids are lured into um hey we'll hire teens for work you know or hey want to be a model or you know uh any kind of very subtle advertisement that would be enticing to a young person. I mean, what young man or young girl doesn't want to make money besides babysitting, right? You know, so a lot of predators use that. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just simple. And the basic predator these days is getting younger. A few years ago, the profile uh, was a, a white male in his mid to, uh, mid-30s to mid-40s be, uh, that lived behind a gated community with his own family. Now the age has dropped to 25 to 35 and they're getting smarter and they're getting faster. They use gangs. They use all kinds of ways to get product, which is our children, the youth of this country. Um, And so I'm passionate, not just because of what happened to me and the gratitude I feel for being able to be here, but because every victim deserves that chance to have a purpose and a hope in their life. And they need to know we're out there looking for them. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's, that's such a tragedy. They, they don't even have a choice. I mean, when you're lured in and you don't know, I mean, it's it, anybody can be lured in. I don't care how smart you are. I mean, because, yeah, you don't also want to go out in the world. I don't recommend going out in the world and not trusting anything or everybody, every, anything, anybody, you know what I mean? Because that's not a way to live life either. So it's really about discernment. Exactly. I was just going to say that discernment is exactly what it needs to be, whether you're an adult and you're a guardian of a child, when it's between an adult and a child, does not matter what has happened in that adult's life, but that adult is charged with the protection and welfare of that minor child, whether you're the grandma, the great grandma, whoever is in charge. But the discernment, you know, I tell people, look, if you want to help, first of all, go to your local law enforcement office, find out what you can report or what they want reported if you see something please say something because a victim is praying you will you may not know who that victim is but they're hoping somebody says something about the strange man or the strange car the way that woman cozies up to you know the son of a friend or whatever it is you know because female predators are are just as you know out there as the male predators in fact two of my girls that we rescued had female predators Uh, they were in their 30s the girls were 17 you know so it 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 depends on uh what they're using to lure them or entice them which usually is you know gifts or creating trust or befriending them until they can get them to a place where they start doing things that are sexual to see how far they can go and then it's too late because at that time the teen doesn't want to disappoint the person that's been nice to them you know that's given them presents maybe given them a job or fed them or clothed them so um, it becomes very complicated as you said but for the community at large Um, we need to recognize that the average predator is not going to look like the people you see in the movies. 
They could look like Clark Kent. They could look like, you know, the nicest teacher ever. <laughs> and yet, you know, there's pornography rings and all kinds of things that um, that go on. Yeah. And, and would you say something that came to me when you were talking about how, you know, at a certain point, the teens, they feel uh, obligated or, you know, inundated to do certain things because they've been fed by this person and whatnot. So if, if and this is where I think as, as a parent or a caretaker of a child, when you um, are able to make that child feel so loved and cared for, that's what really creates that strong inner core, um, you know, that you know, no, my mom and dad or my grandma or whatever, they love me. I don't, I don't, this is not love. You know? <laughs> right, they know the difference. We talk to our kids about sex, we talk to them about drugs, but we don't talk to them about the person that may approach them with, you know, asking for directions when you're alone by the car or, or somebody that maybe comes around or why is my daughter or son over at that other person's house, you know, all the time when, you know, it's just the dad home or the, whatever it is, our due diligence has, has slacked a lot, but, but, you know, we, we protect things that we think are precious and storage units. We put fences around our churches or schools or our, our properties to protect that. But where is the fence? Where is our national, um, unity our national community that rises up and says we need to put this fence around our children so to speak by standing up for them by protecting them by being aware of where they're going you know if you send your child on a on a trip you know for sports for example has the school vetted out the coaches and the people that are going to be around your child we've seen this in universities across the country you know different different scandals because people just went along with what they went along with and yet the, the damage, the sexual trauma is one of the most intimate traumas I believe exists. It, you know, a bruise will heal. Emotionally, you can get help, as you know. But that, that intimacy, that innocence is forever ripped out of a victim's life. And many don't recover unless they do the therapy. I, it took me three years of therapy to get through all the identities and all the things that had happened. And it's hard. Healing is hard. But if you don't. <laughs> you know, then you're going to have a really hard life that you shouldn't have to have. And it wasn't your fault. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so uh, that's a couple of things that uh, in the next segment, after these couple of messages, I would like to get into a couple of things. One um, is what specific things would be good for people to know, to look for. And the other would be, you know, how did you manage to, escape other than just you know because you it's just because you turn 18 at that point i'm sure they could have just done whatever they want still wanted with you <laughs> right exactly we yeah, yeah we can definitely talk about that <laughs> yeah 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 with some some hope for sure <laughs> so so yeah and and so right now we've been talking a little bit about what kind what is uh human trafficking that it even comes from families and it's often multi-generational this is how we can then break this thing when we do our own healing we make decisions about what we want to do that are independent from where we came from this is breaking the cycle and healing not just us, but the future. And so we will be talking more about that after these few messages. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Insight's Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Healy is a holistic wellness device used to balance and support the body's bioenergetic field. It can analyze imbalances on our physical, mental, emotions, and energetic fields and recommends programs and frequencies to bring them back into balance. For your complimentary analysis, contact Karin Weary at 386-848-5170. Visit her website at insightscounselingcenter.com or reach out to her at karinw at insightscounselingcenter.com. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary and Ida Serena Lee. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to karinw at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Shift Happens. I am Karen Weary, your host. And when I am not on here hosting this show, I am in my office and I am working to help heal people from all kinds of life events that they've been through so that they can get back out there and do what they're meant to do. And today, I am so excited about our guest, Andy Berger, and who is here talking about the work that she's doing to rescue 
teens who have been trafficked and who are homeless. And many times they're homeless because of they have been trafficked and, and sexually abused and lured in to that business, which it's horrific to even have to say that it is a business, but it is a multi-billion dollar industry. And this is why, as we create awareness of it, even the little subtle things that seems like you you just think that is just the thing that you do, that it doesn't affect anybody whatsoever, you would be surprised at the things that you do that is actually contributing to that industry, so to speak. So, Andy... Thank you again for being here. <laughs> and we were just yeah. going over uh, what are some things to look for? Because, it, you know, if we're going about our business and, you know, we think that we're taking good care of our kids, I think generally, but I do give my son some, you know, freedom because I know he has a good head on his head and whatnot. And we do want them to go out and be independent people. And yeah, so what are you two, you were talking a little bit about, um, like certain things like vetting, uh, like the, the, the people who are taking your kids if they're going on a sports trip or athletic trip or a university or, you know, somebody who seems a little too cuddly and cozy with your kid. And, uh, yeah, what, what are some things? Well, those kinds of things, you know, we don't want, like you said, we don't want people to be paranoid and suspect right. every neighbor and every postal worker or whatever, you know, we want <laughs> reasonable but again you know just from my own experience Karen I rarely gave anybody eye contact because I was being watched so carefully by my predators family predators okay Mm -hmm. but it works even outside the family that I didn't want to give the indication I was trying to get help or trying to escape because I would have paid a greater price you know Mm -hmm. for that but I didn't give a lot of eye contact. I kept my head. I was kind of probably what you would call the nerd of the class because I just wanted to do my work. I had to be perfect, had to get, you know, had to just be on such a tight rope all the time. I didn't have friends. I didn't invite anybody over to the house unannounced ever, you know, if at all. So, you know, there are the kids that are kind of the loners or that that maybe act a little differently. Um, there are the kids that always want to be at someone else's house because, and for them, it's safer. And, you know, you might wonder what's going on or why. Um, there's just a lot of different things. So body language, for one, you know, does this young person look like they belong to the the adult or adults that they're with? So, for example, you know, the predators still have to usually feed uh, the, their victim in the early stages, you know, the first couple of days. So maybe they take them to, uh, I don't know, a drive through or take them to a restaurant or before the COVID stuff. But at any rate, if you notice something odd or that maybe that young girl is dressed inappropriately inappropriately for the age that she looks, you know, if she's looking like a hooker and she's probably 12 and she's with an older man, that that's kind of an ob- obvious thing. But again, the subtle things, their body language around you or around their parents or whoever it is that they're connected to. For the teenagers now, it gets a little different because 
they have these chat rooms and they have internet and they have all these conversations. They really don't know who's on the other end. So that's a huge issue. And, um, you know, with Voices Against Trafficking, we have a lot of organizations involved, but uh, Enough is Enough is one of them that has been for the last 20 years really hammering on safety on the internet for our kids and for our children. But again, at the end of the day, the adult still has to be aware of what is your child trying to look at? And if they have questions, are you willing to talk to them about it? Um, And then uh, the other part of it is, too, do you see a physical um, issue? You may not see bruises or anything, but do you see something physical going on or an inappropriate sexuality, you know, from a young child with an older person? Maybe they're a little bit too provocative or too, too friendly. I was very friendly with anybody except the people I was with, not intending to give off any signs, but I probably did and didn't even know it because I had been so highly sexualized by the time I was four or five years old. So does that mean it was my fault? No, absolutely not. But again, when a child is taken at a young age and they experience all these things, they don't really know what normal is which then makes it really hard to have a normal relationship, but it is definitely possible. So again, when we look at things, we want to look at just the overall nature. And um, sometimes kids are brave enough, they'll try and write a note in a bathroom or on a napkin or something, but they take a huge risk. Most predators would rather kill that child than take the risk of being found out. And as harsh as that sounds, that is true. Mm. We also know that the predators are getting younger. They recruit on college campuses. They recruit in high schools. They will pay young people to groom and recruit others. You know, the Epstein-Maxwell national headlines kind of brought that out a little bit. But people are like, oh, well, that's, you know, the high and mighty, the powerful. But that's not really it. It happens uh, in our neighborhoods. And gangs are using humans more than they are drugs, because it's harder to get caught that way. If you take your girlfriend to a party and there's 10 of your friends there and you sell her all night long, who's she going to tell the next morning? Mm -hmm. She's not going to go to school. She's not going to tell her mom. She's just going to try and make, you know, make it go away in her own way. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's so sad. (laughs) So sad. And and yeah, exactly. And she's not going to say anything because what? She's the one who's a slut. You know, she's going to be. Exactly. And we've seen that over and over. 14-year-olds, even in the Epstein case, came forward, tried to speak, and no one believed them. Mm-hmm. And so again, set out the truth. Find out, okay, this young person is telling us something that's pretty incredible, but maybe there's some truth, and we should probably at least do our best to find out and to try and track it. But again, you know, it takes time. You know, law enforcement's overworked. We have therapists that are overworked. We have, you know, DHS health services that are overworked. But where do we draw the line in this country? Where do we say our kids are more important than an inconvenience or having to give up something I want to do as the guardian or the parent? Because, you know, I need to see what's happening with my my 14-year-old or my 12-year-old. Or maybe I need to have that conversation or I don't know how to have the conversation, but there are organizations that are out there like ours will help. You know, we're, we're, we're eager to help. Mm-hmm. There are hotlines that people can call that are on our websites. But our goal is to create the greater awareness 
and then drive everyone who hears to action to say, we need to stop this. We need to be the country that says, we're a sanctuary for our children to grow up protected, safe, valued, and seen as the future of the country instead of an inconvenience or an accident. I was told I was an accident all the time that couldn't be returned. Hmm. So, you know, you grow up with that self-image and you just wonder, where am I going to get that affirmation from? Well, in this case, a lot of kids are going to look for it wherever somebody offers it, and it's not always the best place. Yeah, and and so the the big piece that I'm getting from that is um, a lot of things, but one of the things is we uh, don't learn how to listen. We hear half of a thing, and then we already make up our own mind about what's going on and, and are already going off with the response. So really listening uh, because we also tend as a culture to um, to minimize it and not take kids serious as in what they have to say and I think that is a huge mistake I mean especially when this their, their lives are at stake when they're talking mm-hmm. about this stuff mm-hmm. yeah and it drive them to the streets okay mm-hmm. we know within 48 hours, they'll be approached or be involved in some kind of trafficking. And so do you really want to know that your niece, your daughter, your son, you know, your nephew has been taken and is being used and abused and drugged that way? Because nobody can go through that many sexual experiences in a day. We're talking 20, 25 times a day in a conscious state. They just can't. And so... Um, it's such a big business that it will overtake drug uh, trafficking as the number one illegal activity if we don't do more about it. Now, we've made great strides in the last few years, but every community, every uh, attorney general, district attorney, every law enforcement member, they need more. We need to be better reporters. We need to also um, be better enforcers. You catch someone, you put them away. You know, they have lost their right. They have stolen something that can never be returned, the innocence and the childhood of that victim. Yeah. And when I was talking about, you know, how ways that we inadvertently uh, contribute to human trafficking, I was thinking about things like pornography, not just child pornography, but adult pornography possibly too, and places like, you know, the, the strip bars and those kinds of things. Would you say that's correct? I would say that's correct. In the U.S., we know that adults seek out children for sex. Okay, now, 18 and under, but you're right. If you're contributing to strip bars, if you're contributing to pornography, or whether you're participating in it or you're viewing in it, if you're paying for any of it, um, you know, if you have uh, depraved nature in any capacity but those small things like you said the kind of books we read the kind of things we watch on television um, that that creep into our television like you know Netflix with the movie cuties trying to normalize sexualizing 10 year olds how is that even right to have them you know romping around in in provocative outfits and a 10 year old most 10 year olds are not looking to be sex objects they're not looking you know to be famous as a strip dancer you know they're definitely not looking to be a prostitute but guess what after enough years of that they may think that's all they're worth i literally heard a district attorney say that anyone 18 or older involved in prostitution chooses it that is not true when i was 18 i was so naive even though i had been through all those things 
Um, the last time my birth mother tried to take my life, I was 17. I was looking for an out. I didn't know where to go. If somebody who had been smart had picked me up, I can't say that I wouldn't have done that. Truly, you know. But, you know, thankfully there was no place and I was miles away from, you know, humanity. And I, I, there just wasn't anyone that would have done that at that time. But, again, you know, not too many people choose those activities willingly and I would say that probably 99.9 percent of people who are in that industry if you will prostitution strip bars or whatever that they have been even they may be 18 or older but they have certainly been sexually abused you know in in their childhood something has happened yes there has been some kind of wrong that they have not been able to heal from and again healing is very hard our kids work very hard after we get them stabilized which is one reason um you know there are a lot of books i want to write the 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 yeah, fragile thread of hope wasn't exactly the first one on my list but it seemed like it was necessary um it's not gritty or graphic but it has part of my story and it also has four stories of girls that we rescued um here in central oregon that came from a couple of different places but uh and they all have a different story being a teen on the street you know one was trafficked and the other three have different stories so it's kind of an educational somebody could read that book and come to understand that these teens whether they have piercings or they smoke or they're not in school or they have grubby clothes they're they're human beings okay and they are involved in 21st century slavery they're they're looked at as not part of our society you know they don't fit here but yet there's a place they will fit because they'll be taken or lured into something they never would have chosen and then something like covid is not even going to be meaning meaningful to them because <laughs> they would rather just die like I did, you yeah. know. So, and, and where would they go? Where would they get help? They can't walk into urgent care. They don't have a residence. They're just out there if they're lucky enough to escape. Only one in a hundred actually escapes and survives to tell about it. Wow. Wow. So the others, when you say they only have a seven-year um, lifespan, is that that they either die from something or commit suicide or are killed? Mm. Yes, any and all of those um, will do it. I mean, how how many years can you be drugged, beaten, tortured, you know, forced into, you know, sexual acts that many times a day? So they're just saying, you know, usually the average, um, I, I don't have the, 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 uh, the source right in front of me, but basically, you know, the average lifespan of a victim is seven years in that type of situation. A lot of times they're not fed well, you know, they are sick, they do die you know, from other diseases. And a lot of times they'll take themselves out, suicide. Uh, and a lot of times predators will kill them when they're no longer useful. Mm -hmm. So the hope, you know, people are probably thinking, oh my gosh, but the hope is that if someone like me can come through that and I can speak, and it's not like I wouldn't rather talk about, you know, puppies and kittens, but, <laughs> but somebody out there is wanting to know, can they survive? If they do, can they have healthy relationships? Can they be successful? And I am here to say absolutely. It's still a lot of work, but it is worth it if you're willing to do that. And that's what we tell our kids. If you're willing to work, we will go with you. We'll walk with you all the way. 
Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And so we are going to have to uh, sadly break for a couple of messages before we come in for our last segment. So we definitely want to wrap up with uh, when we come back about what, uh, how do you get the, these kids to the other side? And also, how did you get out of your own you know, predicaments after these messages? Thank you, Andy. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Insight's Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Healy is a holistic wellness device used to balance and support the body's bioenergetic field. It can analyze imbalances on our physical, mental, emotions, and energetic fields and recommends programs and frequencies to bring them back into balance. For your complimentary analysis, contact Karin Weary at 386-848-5170. Visit her website at InsightsCounselingCenter.com or reach out to her at Karin W. at InsightsCounselingCenter.com. Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. America Health and Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary and Ida Serena Lee. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to W at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. Hello and welcome back to Shift Happens. I am Karen Weary and today we are talking about something that I am so passionate about, which is about rescuing and eradicating human trafficking. My guest today, Andy Berger, is she's a hero in my mind. Uh, she is the co-founder of Voices Against Trafficking and also the founder, co-founder of Beulah's Place in Redmond, Oregon, where they rescue homeless teens and these are usually teens who have been uh, trafficked sexually abused uh, they come from horrific places and she is a lifetime advocate of human rights and has also uh, written her first book of many <laughs> to come right Andy a fragile thread of yeah. hope <laughs> one survivor's quest to rescue 
So, Andy, again, thank you so much for being here. Uh, first of all, before we forget, I want to get in now and then right before we finish, what are some ways that people, they can help you guys out, your 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 foundation, the cause? Absolutely. Uh, Beulahsplace.org, B-E-U-L-A-H-S place.org um, is a good place to start. There are hotline numbers. Um, there's a place to donate. We are, um, so far after 13 years, all volunteer driven. So every dollar goes to the kids' education, their medical, dental, clean cell phones, food, clothing, temporary housing, and safe houses. And then, of course, you know, we've had um, seven go to college. So it also goes towards, you know, the first year or two of college if that's what they need and so we give everything we have to these kids and even during the COVID pandemic um, we we reach them in their cars or wherever we can and we try and keep them comfortable and do what we can to house them so viewlessplace.org would be a great place for anyone um, who feels um, they want to either help uh, with a donation or they want to get more information and or they want to contact us and say you know can I do this um, we've actually had people across the country send us toilet paper and paper towels and things because you know when people hoard it's hard for nonprofits all over to get those things so we're we're pretty grateful for just about anything <laughs> <laughs> Amazon 45% of those proceeds go back to the kids we, we rescue that's great. Yeah. And and so uh, we were talking about, uh, well, one, let's finish your story about how you got out of your own hellhole. <laughs> yeah. So when I did turn 18, and, and it's harder when you're in a familial um abusive situation for them to touch you or do things the older you get just because you're more exposed at high school and you have more people around you, although it, it's still very terrifying. But um, so that being said, when I did turn 18 um, that summer, I was ready to go to college and ready to get away um, the best that I could. But I had no resources. I had no money, even though I had worked three jobs during high school. I had nothing because it was all pretty much taken or spent um, in order to keep the peace, so to say, you know. And so when I was 18, the first time I ever went out with um, a girlfriend to a movie, she said, hey, let's go, you know, uh, de-stress and go to a movie at night. I had never been out at night on my own. So I literally thought we would be mugged, raped, or beaten because that's what had been drilled into my brain that if I wasn't in the house, this would happen. So imagine my great surprise and awareness when we went to the movie, went out for dinner, you know, and then we both went home our separate ways and I was okay. Yeah. Then I was like, okay, I need to find out how normal people live. So college helped me. I finished college in three years. And then I thought, you know, um, I worked for a year and I wanted to try law school because I thought, gee, if I go to law school, I might be able to save kids that are like me, right? Um, only in that particular time, uh, judges were sending kids back to their abusers. People believed that every child belonged with their mother. You know, people um, had cultural beliefs about um, the family has to be together, right? No matter what's happening in that family. And so it was very difficult for me to watch that. So I finished law school and went back to business because I figured if I, if I was successful, then I could help anyone I wanted to more directly. And I hadn't really told people much about my experience at that time. I was still running from my own truth 
trying to be have the image of somebody I thought I was or wanted to be. I hadn't had counseling yet. So uh, the more successful, uh, the further I was away from any real friends, you know, don't get too close to me emotionally. I just kind of kept a nice, safe distance while I was driven in those years. And that's how I got out. And eventually then, you know, um, an abusive marriage, go figure, uh, got out of that, went to counseling and then met um, the most amazing human I've ever met. And we've been married for 20 years. Wow. So that, that's, that's how I progressed. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And he's really one of the reasons I can do what I can do because Ed just loves me, the whole package. I mean, he didn't have much time because he proposed on our second date, but (laughs) 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 nobody wanted it. Wow, this is great. But the the two things he said that really impacted me was, I don't really understand everything that happened to you, but I will, one, always be here for you, and two, I will always listen and so those two things were things I'd never had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's that part of listening again, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely. So and with our kids, how we pull them through is basically give them that foundation. After we do the intake and we, we hopefully find a safe house that works, um, Ed and I have had 16 of the teenagers that we've housed in our own home over the years. And it's about a three to five month process. So as long as they're doing what they're supposed to do, we have a contract they have to sign with us. So everything's on the up and up. Um, and we have something to go back to if they, you know, get a little frisky, you know, and they get a little, you know, teenager on us, <laughs> we go back to the contract. And so the job, the school, and where they want to be when they're, when they're stabilized is what we work on. We always focus on going forward. Get up, show up, and do the best you can today because this is your day to make decisions. This is your responsibility for those decisions, and we will be here to, to help. We don't judge. We don't make the decisions for you, but we will be here no matter what happens. Giving them that kind of like the bumper pads in a bowling alley. Maybe you guys didn't have to use those, but I did. <laughs> so, um, so we're kind of like the bumper pads in a you know a bowling lane, and uh, we want to make sure that they feel like they can become who they're supposed to be, even if it's messy, even if they make mistakes. But I will tell you, when we do intercede, Karen, that these kids they're smart. They're dean's list. They are employees of the month. They want that second chance or that chance at all to be who they are. They will always have to suffer with what happened. And a lot of them stay in therapy and a lot of them don't go back to therapy. It depends. But all of them give back and they maintain jobs and they have um, they don't have to rely on emergency services and a lot of things as, as much or if at all because they figure out how to take care of themselves. Wow, that is so powerful, you know, to go from being a complete, not even a human being, you know, just piece of property to be used or whatever to, you know, empowering them to just those words like today's your day to make your decisions. That's the first time ever. Yeah, exactly. And as long as they are accountable, I wish our communities were as accountable as some of our kids. They know when they blow it or they've done this or they've done that and they'll come, well, you know, I kind of talked back to the cop when he pulled me over. It's like, well, okay, that's not going to look good on your ticket, but, you know, or whatever, you know, or, you know, I picked the wrong boyfriend or whatever it is. But um, we take everything 
that they give us and we try to give the best back to them. And Ed and I are very real. Uh, we don't hide anything. We're not, I am definitely not Martha Stewart. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, the crock pot is my best friend and the house is clean, but you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, we're working people. And, um, but I'll share one of the greatest highlights probably of the last year or two was uh, one of the gals we rescued six years ago, my husband and I officially adopted this year. And um, she asked us to, and we would have done it a long time ago, but she was ready to choose us for a family. Mm. And so even at, you know, the, the late stage we are at, um, she's a very independent young adult um, in college, holding down a job and her own rent and everything. But what folks miss, just because these kids are 21, 22, it doesn't mean they don't need a family or they don't need a connection with something that is like a family. Because they've been abandoned their whole life, basically. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that ties you, gives you some sort of roots and some sort of sense of belonging. And Mm -hmm. especially the holidays, when you see the the stories and the movies and the music and the decoration, all that, that's very triggering for a lot of people who don't have that. It is. What if you don't know anything that was good, you know, for the holidays? And so we've always kept an open door. Whatever you feel comfortable with, we're happy with. Come, don't come over, whatever you want. The house is open if you want to be here. Um, And they they usually have their own friends they want to hang out with, or they have at least one, maybe somebody that they want to hang out with. And as long as they're safe, we're totally fine with that. Mm -hmm. But you're right, holidays are hard for anybody even if they didn't have abuse in their life, whether it's emotional or physical. And I get this a lot. They're like, well, I didn't have your story. I don't have the, you know, if you've had pain in your life from any kind of abuse, all pain is relative. And I know you know this as a, as a counselor and therapist, but a lot of people think, well, you know, they had a worse life. I should just, you know, go on. And, and it's not about who has the worst life. It's about, you know, do you want to heal? You know, are, are you willing to let someone help you and walk with you through that process, which I'm all for counseling. You know, my my turnaround came when I realized I could say what I wanted. I could have needs and that my needs were valid. And if they weren't getting met, you know, I didn't just have to sit there and take it. I didn't have to be pounded on verbally and emotionally by an ex-husband. I didn't have to, you know, be bullied by other people. And um, even the past couple of weeks, I had a couple of triggers, but because I learned tools to deal with that, that's what I try to pass on to these kids before they have their families, Yeah, is get the right tools on how to self-nurture, self-soothe, and, you know, know that we truly love you through thick and thin, no matter what. Not always easy, not always pleasant, but we get through those rough spots, right? I mean, if you've had a teenager in your house, you know there are rough spots even in the best situations. <laughs> yeah, I will pray for these young people for anything in the world. They're all my kids, really. Yeah, yeah. And, and all our kids as a community. Exactly, exactly, because that's our future. So, again, if you want to help out financially or by – toilet paper or whatever you have to donate, uh, you can go to www.beulahs.org. And with that, let's emphasize that we all have healing that we need to do. So go out there, do your healing. And so that we can unbury the best parts of you that are talents that the world needs 
and go out there and shine your beautiful life light. Thank you so much, Andy Berger, for being on here. You are absolutely precious. And thank you for the work that you do. It, that you are living your purpose. Thank you so much. It's an honor and a joy. And someday maybe we won't have to rescue kids because they'll all be good. Wouldn't that be nice? That's the plan, right? That's the plan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's go. Yes. <laughs> That's why we're shining our lights. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for putting this out there. It takes a lot of courage to have a show like this and to educate folks. And thank you so much, Karin. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to Shift Happens. Please join host Karin Weary and Ida Serena Lee for another edition of our program next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We wish you continued success as you discover the true you.